Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. It is Thursday, June 30th, 2022. Yes, the last day of June. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but whenever you inevitably break them or lose them, they will replace them. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, and intern Sam along for the ride as well. Plouffe, you doing all right? I'm doing great. See, Rosie, I can tell you're looking at my jersey. Yes, I, I have the beautiful green Oakland jersey on right now. I feel like the boys just need a little pick-me-up, just Hell a little yes, love do. up there in Oakland, okay? So I did this, matching it with the green hat. I feel good today. There's a lot of, like yesterday, so many stories came out. All I could think of was, what is C. Rose going to cook up for this show today? I swear to God, that's what I was thinking. Baseball's hot in the streets, man. All right. Well, for the second time this week, we start the show before asking any questions by just applauding somebody. Uh, And this time, it's a former number one overall pick, Mark Appel. He got called up over the weekend by the Phillies last night in the loss to the Braves. He made his major league debut, the oldest number one pick to make his major league debut at age 30, pitched a scoreless inning of relief. Dude, I just all I didn't see it live. I saw the highlights, but you could not wipe the smile off that dude's face. Absolutely. You know, it's it's been fun kind of like since he's come back into baseball. We know he took he took a little leave of absence, if you will. What was it? Three or four years off uh-huh. of the game comes back and he's been documenting it through, uh, via Twitter and his social media pages. Uh, and it's been cool. He's just giving advice, life advice. This guy's a smart dude. He's a Stanford guy like me and Brady. So, uh, you know, ah. he's got the brain power. Uh, but yeah, you know, you can't script it any better for him. He's coming up, getting that score this inning. And, you know, his family was there. And you're right, dude. Like the emotion, the smile that he was putting out was something that um, you just, you just love to see. I think his brother and sister-in-law were on hand and just to see, see that we talked about it earlier this week uh, with the Cardinals reliever, but to see a guy who seemingly had it all and then lost it where he was this close to being another answer to a trivia question in terms of number one overall picks who never played in the show, but to, to give it up and then come back and say, screw it. I'm going to work my ass off to try and get there. And for him to get there, I don't know what role he's going to play with the Phillies here over the next few months. Hopefully he sticks around the entire rest of the year, but it's just great. It's a great story. I'm happy for him. If they give you a roster spot at that, at that age, like you've been doing something well. So, yep. you know, hopefully he keeps it and maybe, you know, we'll be talking about Mark Appel for years to come. I hope so, man. I'd love to see him in a bullpen everywhere. Meantime, let's talk about the Astros and Yankees for the second time in a week. They start a series. This is just a quick one-gamer in and out for New York. Um, It's the two Luises going at it. I am hopeful that Jordan Alvarez is in the starting lineup. I wouldn't expect it after yesterday's collision with Jeremy Pena there in Queens. That was ugly. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. But intern Sam threw out a very interesting question. How much has a guy like Jordan closed the gap on Aaron Judge in the MVP race? Because if you look at the numbers, strictly the hitting numbers, Jordan leads in a lot of categories and in some cases by a lot. 
you kind of answered your own question right there. I love Jordan. I was one of the first people on the Jordan yes, train. Were. I know I noticed just his demeanor in the box. The power was there, but he could he's a hitter too. Uh, the problem is that's all he is. He's a hitter. He's primarily a DH. I don't think it's particularly close in the MVP watch between him and Judge. I understand the offensive numbers are similar. And like you said, in some places, Jordan is even better. Uh, but if you look at Vegas right now and the odds they're putting out there, Aaron Judge is the favorite at minus 110 and Jordan's plus 1,000. Yeah, but that doesn't that shouldn't matter for our discussion. It Well, it does because they are taken into the same taking into account the same thing I'm taking into account that he doesn't play one side of the ball. And trust me, guess what? I don't even think Aaron judge is the MVP front runner right now. We'll get to that a little bit later. Whoa. I do not. I think a guy's a guy's on his way. And I think, you know, who I'm talking about, but as far as you're comparing judge and Alvarez, and I know the, you know, the Fangraphs war is similar as well. I just, I don't think voters are going to give Jordan the nod over mm-hmm. judge when he's primarily a DH. That's just the bottom line. And again, I love Jordan. He's one of the best hitters in the game, but if you're not playing both sides of the ball, it you have to be exponentially better than any, everybody else. And it's usually not going to happen during a baseball year. I, and I would agree with you uh, it, when you are the DH, you do have to be like Barry Bonds ish yes. when it comes to the numbers. That, that's, I just think it's only fair. The interesting thing was, I was like, okay, you know what? Aaron Judge, like, I see him jumping over the wall and robbing home runs. He looks like he's got a great arm, all that sort of stuff. So I was curious where he measured. I've never understood the defensive metrics and how they compute them, and particularly defensive runs saved and stuff like that. Do you know that in right field, he's negative when it comes to defensive runs saved this year? Did you know that? I think that, you know, there's different things you can do. We've talked about that on this show, like positioning, you know, and sometimes you're going against the positioning that's going to grant you more defensive runs saved. Mm. Now, he's been playing a lot more center field as of yes. late, too. And, like, if you're where, putting where up those offensive numbers. positive on, de- on defensive runs saved. If you're putting up those numbers as a center fielder, and he's probably going to play center field for the majority of the season, maybe the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, I, I just don't think there's any discussion right now between yeah. those two. I was just finding it curious. Plus, I love his athleticism on the bases. I think he's a really, really good base runner. Once again, I don't know how he figures metrically. I can just tell you by my eyes, for a guy that size to be able to run the bases as, as effectively as he does. Dan was looking at me like he wanted to you know, start something. What's up, Dan? Yeah, I said Judge is in the MVP front. Okay, we'll get said. to that in a second. I got two more questions before I think the area you want to head. Uh, Dodgers and Padres. I'm wearing a Padres lid, not because I'm rooting for him, but that's because of another question coming up. Dodgers and Padres meet for just the second time this year. Four gamers starting in L.A. tonight. Are you surprised with no Fernando Tatis this year that San Diego is as close to L.A. in the standings almost three months in? I think at the beginning of the year. uh, Yeah, I would have been surprised if you would have told me this, but from the start, San Diego has been a guy, been a team, right? You look at their record uh, in April, 14 and 8, 16, 11 in May, 16 and 12 in June. They've had positive records every single month. The only time they've been under 500, Chris, after the first game of the year, they lost the first game ever since then. They've been over 500 and they've done it all without Fernando Tatis. Uh, and then the last, you know, whatever it is, 10, 11 games without Machado as well. So I'm not surprised anymore. You know, the pitching and the defense has been really good for them. Um, 
they're meeting up now, like you said, for the second time uh, this season. Both teams kind of walking in wounded a little bit. Mm-hmm. August, they have nine games against each other. I think that's when we're really going to see, you know, these two teams go head to head a lot. And I'm pumped that Tatis will more full hopefully strength. be back for those. Yeah, three at full strength August. in August. I think that's kind of what we want to see. Uh, yeah. Dodgers still without Bueller and and Betts is like trending towards playing again soon. I don't As know. Man. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I looked at the Padres lineup yesterday. I was like, oh, God, it almost looked like a B, a B <laughs> spring training game at times. But somehow they've made it. Like this pitching staff has been unbelievable. With all that being said, the Dodgers statistically are better than them when it comes to pitching. So I do, I sit here and I'm kind of scratch my head at how is there only a game and a half difference between these two teams? Kudos to the Padres players. Kudos to Bob Melvin, who I said was a huge offseason pickup. What are you shaking your head at? I'm looking at the lineup yesterday. You said it was like a B spring training line. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not like it's not full strength. We know that. But, you know, some of these guys can bang and some of these guys are having good years. And there's some guys that are table setters. I, I wouldn't say B spring training. B I was line. joking. Okay. I was joking. You understand what I'm getting. You, you, at, you had not- me going there for a second. I need to see it. It's not the lineup of all lineups. You don't look at that and say, yeah, that's a team that is one of the best in the National League. I know, but it's like the Brewers, dude. Like, we're banking on the Brewers pitching to get them through it. And right now, it's kind of what's happening. The Brewers have a ton of at least proven players in their lineup. Whether or not they're getting it done. Yeah, they're not really getting it done. Yeah. Except for Rowdy, my guy. Yeah, boy, he just crushed him. Look, but look, I mean, there. they've been good in one-run games. They've been good in blowouts. Like, they've just been good. They've just been winning, you know, throughout the season. So we're not – you can't be surprised anymore. No, I guess not. I, I think this will be a fun series. It'll be interesting. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a real different dynamic when the series is played in Los Angeles than in San Diego. Very different because for people that aren't familiar with it, people in San Diego cannot stand – Los Angeles and Los Angeles. They don't give San Diego a second thought. They just don't. LA doesn't give anyone a second thought. And then I believe the last time these two teams played, it was in San Diego Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of Dodger fans there. Yes. Always curious. We'll see how this one goes because I mean, there's a big fan base down there in San Diego and they do love their team and the team's really good this year. I I hope they show out uh, next time it's in San Diego. I agree with you. I agree with you. There is one other topic I want to get to with the Padres, and I didn't realize this had happened until I was kicking things around this morning. Mike Clevenger threw six innings of shutout, one-hit ball yesterday as the Padres took care of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Afterward, he had a really interesting comment about the Arizona Diamondbacks broadcast booth and their analyst, former manager Bob Brenly. Yeah, no, I, I felt really locked in. I think, uh, you know, like I said, the motivation before, I mean – it's hard to sit here and, you know, hear guys in the booth, you know, get to talk all they want and uh, not know who the guys in the clubhouse are. You, you hear this back and forth. It's been going on for years, especially here. I just want Bob to know he has an open invite to come down to our clubhouse and find out what kind of people really are instead of just running his mouth up there. So basically, Mike Clevenger looking into the camera and telling analyst Bob Brenly, stop talking shit about our guys uh, during the game, just for a little bit of context here. It wasn't even Brenly. It was the play-by-play man, Steve Bertume. And it wasn't, it was more tongue in cheek. They were talking about Clevenger and how he has the long hair and all that stuff and how he originally went to the Citadel before heading to junior college and got like a thousand hours of like 
I don't know if they called it like uh, clothing violations or whatever it was, you know, the, the way you're supposed to look at the Citadel, I guess, you know, with the long hair, he said he didn't even care. Now, obviously, this was research done somewhere, you know, play by play guys usually have access to uh, a website that has a lot of information on these guys, personal information, because you can't talk to everybody. But here's Clevenger telling the announce team, get your ass down here, meet our boys, talk to us face to face if you're ever going to talk about us. Do you like what he said? I have no problem with it at all. In fact, you know, you and I have talked about this. We come and sit here and talk about players Monday through Friday, right? And we said, if we're going to do this and do it right, you and I need to go down to the stadiums from time to time and put ourselves out there. They need to see us because if we say something they want to talk to us about it, um, we need to be available for them. And I think Clev's right. Like, there's a lot of times guys kind of just stay away from the game. They talk about it. And they never really go and – and and meet guys or talk to them you do a really good job of that i mean you're you know you're getting to know these guys i think it gives you a better appreciation of all of them so i have no problem with clevenger calling them out you know if you want to talk about someone once you come down and ask you know why i do something or you know you know what's the reason i'm doing this so uh, i have no problem with it um and you know if he did draw a little bit of motivation there and he said i worked a little bit faster because they said i was taking too long i mean i think it's kind of funny i like it i agree this is a, this has always been a two way street. And I think it's important to have a relationship. Now there are going to be times when you host shows or whatever, and you say stuff about people. Okay. And I've run into this, my rule, and it's not necessarily a rule for everybody is try not to make things personal. That's when it gets tough. You can criticize people for the way they're playing, or in some cases, the way they act. If you don't believe it's, it's the right way. But it's when things get personal. Now, the area where Brenly has gone wrong and off the deep end the last few years is when he was talking about Marcus Stroman's do-rag and stuff like that. A few years ago, he was talking about the, quote, bike chain that Fernando Tatis was wearing. That just makes you look old, stupid, and borderline, I don't even want to say the word. That's where, you, that's where it, get, it can get ugly and personal. And that, I don't think there's any part. That there, you should never do that. If you think you're entertaining, no. You, what you just sound is old, out of touch, and you sound like one of the reasons some people don't like baseball because it's that game. It happens a lot nowadays where we have to listen to the guys in the booth and they're ridiculing players in the game. And that's not how we promote the game. We've talked about that before on this show. We don't need that. And honestly, we wanted to talk about personal appearance and all that stuff. Bob Bradley is not exactly the guy that should be talking about it, man. No, but that just gets into a stupid area. Like it just makes you, it's, you really think that everybody should look the same. No, I don't. I mean, yeah. He, just because Bob it's does. not, just because it's not for you. Doesn't mean it's not for everybody else. Like it's just such, it's not old school thinking. It's stupid school thinking. And I don't like it. I don't want that in my broadcast booth. You don't have any part, any role for it. Jim Cotta said some stupid shit in recent years. Yeah. And I like Jim. I worked with him at MLB Network. True gentleman every time I was around him. But he said some stuff where you sit there and you're like, what? What are you thinking? Are you thinking? We've, we've said stupid stuff. You talk long enough in front of a camera, you're going to yes. say stupid stuff, but you're totally right, C. Rose. You're like, 
let's not get personal with any of this. If you want to get personal, go person to person and talk to yep. them about it. You don't like the way someone looks and you feel like you need to say it. Like, I guess the only thing you need to do is go say it to them, not to everybody else and hide behind the, the screen. Yeah. And it is, it is now that clubhouses are open, it's imperative for, for analysts and for play-by-play people to get back into the clubhouse. Some of them are excellent at doing it so that you can stay yes. in tune with your team and with the other team as well. It's part of your job. It's part of your responsibility as being the conduit to fan bases during the games. You have to do it. And I, I appreciate, I don't love everything that's come out of Clevenger's mouth. I don't love everything that he's done here. He's right on, right on board. Yeah. The, the best, you know, play-by-play guys or analysts that I've come across are always in the clubhouse down on the batting practice field, getting that insight. They're not just reading a packet on you. Like they're coming in asking you questions. Dan Gladden and Corey Provis in Minnesota were by far the best at it. They were down there. Dan's a former player. So he like loves the clubhouse. Anyway, he maybe was in it a little too much old dazzle Dan there, Uh, but they would come (laughs) ask questions and, you know, when they talk to you about the game, why were you doing this? What happened here? And like, then they get the real insight. They get real answers. And they're able to talk about the game in a way that, you know, is fun and, and promoting it. So, yeah, I agree with you. You got to get down there in the nitty gritty. It's part of the job, dude. And there has to be a balance from the other side, too. Players have to understand that sometimes analysts, even on their own team, are going to be critical, right? Because whether it's an effort thing sometimes or a misplay, you have to understand that that's part of the job, too. And it's sure. I just but hope there's that- there's some players that could listen to that and learn from it. I feel like I've been a part of that as well. Where like you know we were getting critiqued at, on losing teams a lot, and I didn't like it. But like at the at the end of the day, like what are they supposed to say? You're, you're playing like shit, so like they right. gotta say something. Yep. Um, but that's that's something you learn also. You know, as your career gets uh, gets going a little bit. All right, let's move on. Uh, a couple of really impressive pitching performances yesterday, in addition to Clevenger, uh, Sandy Alcantara. Once again, I, I butchered this because I had Miguel Rojas in studio and forgot to ask him how to say it. Anyway, complete game against his old squad, the Cardinals, or Shohei another five and two-thirds of shutout work with 11 more strikeouts and a win over the White Sox. You know where I'm going with this. Is this your MVP? The- is this your MVP? Sh- Shohei is, I don't, I've, we talked about this on the show. We can't get Shohei fatigue. And I think that's what's happening right now. I mean, just go ahead and look at the numbers, okay? You got a guy with an 855 OPS, 141 OPS plus. Would you want that guy in your lineup? I think so, right? I'll take him. Yeah, sure. You'll take him, okay? Now, what if I told you that same guy is going to be pitching to a 268 and striking out over 12 batters per nine? I could probably fit him in the rotation, He's but I'll get t- back to you. At the top of your rotation, you're talking about a top of the rotation guy in a middle of the order bat in one freaking person we cannot get Shohei Otani fatigue okay we just talked about how Jordan is not going to win the MVP because he's primarily a DH and they're going to look at Aaron Judge and say this guy's playing center field doing this thing okay that makes sense right now level it up a little bit Aaron Judge is only one side of the ball or not one side of the ball he's two sides of the ball not three sides of the ball like Shohei (laughs) does he play special teams do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. What else does Shohei do? Is he's you know he probably leads the discussion on the bus on road trips too. I don't know. This guy can do it all, and I'm sorry. Like I get it. Judge, 
you're a fantastic ball player. And if Shohei Otani wasn't around, like you'd win the MVP this year, but Shohei Otani is around and he's performing at an elite level on both sides. Like, and it's only getting better. His June was absolutely incredible on the mound and hitting like he's finding it right now. If he continues at this pace, there's just no reason he shouldn't be MVP. The but Bloof, the Angels suck. The Yankees might have the greatest season ever going. Okay, do you think the Yankees would be better or worse or the same if they just swapped out Judge and Otani? They'd be at least the same. Probably better. How would the Angels be if you put same. Judge on or with worse. the Angels? Because they'd have, one, they'd have one less pitcher, one less elite starting pitcher. You're right. I agree with you. And they have so, a guy. They have a guy in the outfield, Taylor Ward. That's that's you know for a while was hitting my judge. So they how, do we, how do we handle this? Because you know that that voters are not going to pay attention. Here's what's going to happen. The easiest thing to do as a voter is look at the team that's been the best, and so stupid, and then take the best player on that team and vote them in, or the best planet on the player. Doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way in baseball. I love Judge, yet he's been incredible for the Yankees. I don't want this to be a slight at Judge. This is more me saying Shohei Otani is just different. We, we're not used to seeing it, and our brains can't comprehend what's going on, but really just step back and think about it for a second. There's no way this guy, again, if he continues to perform the way he's performing, shouldn't be the MVP. Like He is the most valuable player in all of baseball. Get, I guess what we can do is – Screw ALN. I'll just give Shohei the Shohei award, and then we can let the other guys fight out for the MVP awards. I asked, I remember asking, I think, Brault at the beginning of the year. I said, what wouldn't make Shohei the MVP? Like, if he still has 25, 27 starts on the mound and hits maybe not 46 home runs like he did a year ago, but let's say he hits 28. What, what possibly would not make him the MVP? We, we discussed that as well. We, it's hard to put numbers on that. He's, he's doing it right now. He's 141 weighted runs created plus as a hitter, 147 ERA plus as a pitcher. That, that's incredible. It's, it's incredible. incredible. You're right. And we're going to penalize him because he's on a shitty team and we're going to raise Judge up because he's on a great team, right? Isn't that the way it is? It's going to go? Although I guess the one argument you could say is, Shohei isn't really playing defense. So did I just put myself in a pickle right there? No, because there's no way that somebody's defense can have a bigger <laughs> impact than when he starts a game on the mound. No Unless, way. Yeah, you'd have to be like vintage KK out there and also doing it. I don't know, man. I no just way. When I step back and look at the game from above, okay, it's Shohei and everybody else right now. It just really uh, is. Ask CC Sabathia, Dan. What he thinks. And Man by the way, you're right. This right is now. not, a, this is not a slight on Aaron judge. It's just, no, it's, it's like those years where there were great, great teams in the nineties. They just weren't as good as the Chicago bulls. It didn't mean that they were any less great. They just weren't as good. Aaron judge just, is not as important a player as Shohei Otani. We can agree on that. Look at Dan. Look at you. <laughs> Bloof, do we agree on that? 
because I don't want to say use the word important. Um, I just think that Shohei does more on the field for his team. Nobody is as important in baseball as Shohei Otani. No one. Right. Okay. Okay. I see where you're going with this. I agree with that. He is. That's he's not a slight on anybody else. And I guarantee, I bet you if you asked Aaron Judge that question, he'd be like, of course, I can't go out and throw a 93 mile an hour split. And yeah. I'm going to say this again on the show. This is not going to open up the floodgates for two-way players, okay? Like, oh, this is no. not what's happening right now, okay? Just because Shohei did it doesn't mean everyone can do it. Try. I think Hunter Green, they were trying to do it with him, and they're like, this isn't going to work. Like, no. there's a lot of guys. That, there's been more guys as of recent to try it and go check how their track records are. It ain't happening. All right, last thing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Josh man. Naylor capping a four-run extra-inning comeback by my Cleveland Guardians over your little Minnesota Twins. Afterward, he headbutted Terry Francona, who is wearing a helmet now every time Naylor does something good to protect himself. Great video. (laughs) Could you have headbutted one of your managers and not gotten killed for it? First of all, I know you love what happened last night. Loved Emilio it. Pagan is the um, people on Twins Twitter not really feeling Pagan. He's but it, had, was, uh, it was Cotton who gave up the homer. I know. I'm just saying it's been him and Cotton, and, and they're even on my boy Duffy a little bit. The bullpen has been something that Twins fans are not happy about. To answer your question, yes, I, I think Gardy would have done it with me. Nice. You know, he's that kind of guy. He wants to get in it with the boys every once in a while, and he's kind of got that thick body. I think he could have handled it. So I don't know if I would have done it. You know, I don't really want to go around headbutting dudes. But, you know, after after a big homer, sometimes the emotion uh, gets the best of you. Uh, Naylor, he, he walks and has that emotion. Like, that's just who he is. So uh, I love I love Terry, and I'm glad that happened, and I hope he's okay because it looked like he, even though he had the helmet on, it looked like he took the brunt of it. I know, right? Naylor at least has some padding up there. Tito's it's helmet on top of bald cranium. <laughs> got to be careful. You got to go there, man. Why you got to go there? He knows it. What do you think? He woke up this morning. Like, hey, uh, hey, Chris said I didn't have any hair. I, I, I don't have any hair. Look at That's me. I don't good. have any hair. That's pretty good. Uh, Frank Conan voice right there. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it. Oh, I loved it. I'm Josh Naylor. I love that kid. I mean, he's great. He's great. He's so exciting. He just, it's just when he does something crazy, you just want to, you got to get out of the way. You got to, you got to watch yourself. <laughs> I always thought uh, Terry like liked me. Cause he'd always like say hi to me and stuff, but I'm pretty sure he does that with everybody. Yeah. He loves everybody. Yeah. Good man. All right. What do you have coming up on John boy media? Uh, yesterday we recorded the all JM team that nice. runs from April through June. So people, when you see this graphic, don't freak out about it. It's a, cumulative award we just do it month by month so we did that yesterday and then tomorrow we'll do the recap and that's it man what about you uh the glass now episode is out including a hilarious story that we dropped today is a little teaser the wheel of moderately interesting things it didn't land on anything but it was on meet and greet which is how he met his girlfriend his story about it is unbelievable you will appreciate it as a former major league player so please go check that out uh we talked to him about his, you know, his health status, how he's doing. We saw him video of him throwing this week off the mound, all sorts of stuff. And plus, Glass now is just easy. He's an easy listen, as we like to say in the biz. So go check that out, the Chris Rose rotation. All right? Sounds good. Uh, 
that'll do it for today's episode of Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays. Head to ShadyRays.com. Use the code word today. For producer Dan and intern Sam, that is my man T. Ploof. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.